Welcome to New Creation Family Church. I hope you enjoy this week's sermon. There it is. Has anyone seen the seen Michelangelo's masterpiece called the Pieta? Wow. I need to get out more. Okay, it is Michelangelo's um, sculpture called Pity. That's the word of Pieta, if I'm saying it correctly. But it's a picture of Jesus. I mean, it's a picture of Mary holding crucified Christ, holding the crucified Jesus. And some years back, a fanatic nationalist rushed in with a sledgehammer and started bashing the sculpture, the masterpiece. Anyone heard about that? And the Vatican artists were able to restore the statue to near perfection. Did you know that you are God's piema, poema? You are God's masterpiece. You are his workmanship. If we look at Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says, We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things he planned for us long ago. And there's this idea of you being made in his image. You are his masterpiece. And unfortunately, because of the sin in the world and our broken society and our sinful nature, we have seen the image of God damaged in um, his creation. And he wants to restore his image of his son in each one of us. He's determined to overcome the defacing of his image in us, not just to repair us, but to make us new creations. You are new creations in Christ. It's no longer you that lives, but Christ lives in you. And he's wanting to transform you and work in your life and change you and conform you to the image of his son. My boys, every so often I find them finding this old TV show called, who knows what, what this TV show is. Yeah, it's not just Power Rangers, they're called Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, okay? This was a, a very um, cheap budget show that was done in Japan with some very bad English dubbing. And it is um, not great acting, but the whole catchy part of it is that these normal looking people say this phrase, it's morphing time. And all of a sudden, they morph into these superpower people that all of a sudden can do kung fu and they fight this funny-looking robot. And, all, and, I, and my kids are drawn to this idea of being morphed into this super-strong person that can um, fight the enemy. And this, this word morph is actually a very rich Greek word. Um, it is the word morpho. And this is used throughout Scripture in many variations to describe the work that God wants to do in each one of our lives. It means the inward and real formation of the essential nature of a person. It is the term used to describe the formation and growth of an embryo in a mother's body. Paul uses this phrase when he talks to the Galatians. In Galatians 4 verse 19, he says, Oh, my dear children, I feel as if I'm going through labor pains for you again. And they will continue until Christ is fully developed in your lives. There's this spiritual birthing that happens in each one of us when you, by faith and by God's grace, when you make Him the Lord and Savior of your life. And there's this impregnation of a change, the seed of Christ inside of you. And He says, I'm going through difficulty, working and trusting that this outworking of the seed, this being impregnated, develops and grows until Christ is fully developed in each one of us. He, 
Paul often shares some of his frustrations. So, example, in Hebrews 5, verse 12 to 14, he says, um, You have been believers for so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature um, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. There's this analogy of God working something out within us. And it's this maturing and growing from being an infant to maturing in the Lord. And this is something that God wants to do in your life and in my life as his masterpiece, as his great work, workmanship. Paul uses a variation of this Greek word morpho, and he uses the words sumomorphizo, which talks about becoming like. So in Romans 8 verse 29, it says this, For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son. There's the word so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. The NRV uses the word to be conformed to. He's saying, I want to see Christ formed in your life. That you would be conformed to his nature. That your character would be changed. That your character would be transformed into looking like Jesus. The image of him means to... This, this Greek word means to have the same form as another, to shape a thing into a durable likeness. You know that, Jesus, that the Father wants you to look like Jesus, to be Christ-like. And in amongst our brokenness and our fallen nature and sin, I don't know about you, but I, I often live with a deep sense of disappointment in myself, that I'm still so vulnerable to sin and temptation into weakness, and I, and I sense, or I live with a disappointment. I don't know about you, but I know God lives with a hope that we truly can be transformed and conformed into the image of His Son. There's this amazing process. So He takes the word uh, morpho and, and He adds, adds metamorpho to it. Who knows where, what, where we get the word metamorphosis from this word and this Romans 12 verse 2 says don't copy he says don't copy the customs and behavior of this world but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think he wants to transform us he wants to grow us there's that word transform or morph it's morphing time it's conforming time it's changing that God wants to do within each one of us when morphing happens, we don't just do the things Jesus would have done. We find ourselves wanting to do them. Isn't that an amazing place to be in? That you find yourself not just having to do the things Jesus would have done, but you actually want to do them. They appeal to us. They make sense all of a sudden. You don't just go around trying to do things. You become the right sort of person. And this is where Paul, as you know him, I'm talking about myself, no longer lives. And it's that Christ life that starts becoming more evident in my life. I know that I am trusting for a year where God would grow me and continue to work in my life. So if I were to ask you the question, well, how do we grow spiritually this year? If, if we were to turn to the person next to you and say, how are you doing spiritually? You know, it's a question that maybe gets thrown around every so often. How are you doing spiritually? 
How do you answer that question? Do you base that answer uh, based on how much time you've spent in the Word that week or how often you've attended church in the last month or how much you've been communicating with God in your prayer life? How do you answer the question, how are you doing spiritually? And I want to trust that as a congregation, as, as members of this family, that we would grow this year. That it is God that create, puts this desire in our hearts to grow spiritually. So we're going to kick off this term with a series called Habits of Grace. And we're going to look at what it means to enjoy Jesus through the spiritual disciplines. Now I've titled the sermon Habits of Grace because I, I very easily could have said that we're doing a series on spiritual disciplines. But I know when we talk about disciplines, people kick back to disciplines. It's, it's maybe a bit of a negative word. So when we talk about the beginning of the year and your bad eating habits and your lack of exercising and all those things that, we ha that happen in December, and we talk about New Year's resolutions as Gavin did last week and getting back on track and getting back to eating well and exercising and getting back into those habits, those disciplines that we need to be healthy people, how many of you know that you kind of resist, oh, disciplines means hard work? Discipline means doing something I don't want to do. But I am trusting that we grow to enjoy Jesus through these disciplines. That's the purpose. The purpose is that they are habits of grace. They're not habits there that will make you saved. They're not habits that you have to do. It is not a religious activity that I'm trying to get us to do more. It is a habit, a lifestyle that we live so that we grow in our relationship and in our spirituality and our walk with the Lord. Yes? Some of you are looking very serious this morning. Spiritual disciplines. We can look at the inward disciplines. We can look at outward disciplines and we can look at the corporate disciplines that we do together. So inward disciplines, the meditating and reading and studying of Scripture, fasting. We can look at outward disciplines such as solitude and silence and submission and serving, or the corporate disciplines of fellowship, confession, worship, and celebration. Now, some of these disciplines for you come very easily, and many of you are practicing these spiritual disciplines, like your prayer life. That you don't actually need me to share about having God's ear and fellowshipping with the Lord and, and communicating with Him. But for many of us, when we talk about the spiritual disciplines, we have a guilt in our hearts. We feel like we are just not doing enough, and we feel guilty when we talk about reading and studying the Word. We all know that's something that we should be doing as Christians. We all know that we should be praying. We, should, we all know that we should be worshiping and fellowshipping together and fasting. Oh, what about fasting? No one ever likes not eating. Maybe we need to talk about fasting social media and media for a week or two. Maybe we need to talk about confession of sin. A spiritual discipline that none of us enjoy sharing what's really going on and what our struggles are. But I want to spend some time at the start of the year getting back to the basics. Because imagine a congregation, a family of believers who practiced and lived out the spiritual disciplines in their lives. And we're not just dependent on a church service twice a month. We're not just dependent on a podcast every so often. 
um, or a prayer meeting that only happens three times a year and outside of that you don't actually enjoy that communion, having God's ear where you can share and have that personal relationship with Him. I want us to get to these basics. And this is going to be a series, as I'm going to talk on a little bit later, where it's going to be far more practical. One of my challenges in the church today is the church, the church in general, is looking to be entertained. This is not going to be a let me entertain you series. You know the gladiator, that moment he stands in the stadium and he shouts after defeating some people. He shouts, are you not entertained? This is not going to be an entertaining sermon series. This is going to be a practical sermon series that I'm going to ask you to go and practice. Why? Because I have a desire to see you grow. I have a heart to see us as a body grow. My responsibility of leading this congregation is to trust that there is growth. Growth forward. You know, we talk about growing backwards and and we use the phrase backsliding or stagnating, if you're not growing, you're dying. I'm trusting for growth, and some of the growth may be through growing pains. No one likes growing pains, right? My boys can wake up in the night with throbbing legs because they're growing. There's, there's a growth that wants to happen in their body, and God wants to bring a growth inside each one of us, and will you be open to growing. The early church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to sharing in the Lord's meal, and to prayer. I want to trust that there would be a far greater devotion in each one of our lives to grow spiritually and in our love and our relationship with God. So I want to just give some five practical points about the spiritual disciplines. And then next week we're going to look at reading, memorizing, study script, studying scripture. Very exciting topic. And then we're going to look at fellowship. And we're going to look at um, a series that we're going to do in the life groups starting in February called 40 Days of Prayer. Rick Warren has this series called 40 Days of Prayer. And I'm going to ask you to try and buy this journal. It is a 40-day devotional and prayer journal. So if you want to trust for a habit to develop in your life, here's a good opportunity. 40 days worth of reading some scripture, writing down your prayers. It is a prayer journal, and we're going to do seven weeks of talking about prayer. See, when I look at prayer and I say, well, 10 people come to our our prayer meeting and we have over 300 people in our congregation, we are doing a terrible job at prayer. Or I say, no, this is a church that prays and this is a church that knows how to pray and this is a church that knows how to pray correctly and when they don't see breakthroughs and looking at the vast topic of prayer and praying scripture and the, the monotony of prayer that people struggle with. I don't want to pray because I just find myself praying the same thing so it's boring. I don't feel it does anything. I want to talk, talk about that. We have more influence from our radio DJs than we do from Scripture. We spend more time on social media than we do in God's Word. We are being influenced and conformed to the ways of this world because it's just our society we live in, and I'm trusting for spiritual disciplines that will help us put ourselves under God's grace, habits of grace where God can work within each one of us. So the first thing I want to say about spiritual disciplines is this. We are all at different stages of life, and we're also at different stages in our walk with the Lord. So, 
a businessman that gets up at four in the morning to beat traffic and works long hours and get homes, get, gets home after seven, is in a different stage of life to a young adult that can sleep until 10 and maybe go to varsity if they feel like it. And a young mom who has a young child and is in that stage of life where their life is being sucked out of them because of this little cute baby. And when you talk about reading scripture and praying, they look at you going, I don't even have time to brush my teeth and have a moment for myself. How am I supposed to practice these spiritual disciplines? I was reading about a a young mom who what she would do is she would put her Bible, different Bibles around the house. So she would put a Bible next to the microwave where for two minutes she would sterilize the teats and the dummies and so on. And while while that microwave is going for two minutes, she's got her Bible open in a place and she would continue reading or a Bible open in the baby's room when the rocking and the late night goes, at least you can catch a verse and meditate on it and chew on it. But I want to say this, we are all in different stages of life. We are going through different challenges. Our seasons of life, whatever they are, whatever it is, is no barrier to having Christ formed in us. Point number one, you have an opportunity to grow and you have some challenges in your growth. Yes, we can list some of my challenges that I have with two young boys and the busy life that we have and the responsibilities I have, but then I can also share about some of my opportunities that I have in my life to grow spiritually and to practice these disciplines. So instead of wishing that we're in another season or we ought to find out, um, we ought to find out how, what is it in this season that is hindering me, hindering me from growing spiritually and what can I do and what can I put in place so that, I, that this season counts in my life. Every moment is potentially an opportunity to be guided by God into his way of living. Every moment is a chance to learn from Jesus how to live in the kingdom of God. So I don't want to be, I don't want to generalize. I know everyone's at a different place. Some people are morning people, some people are evening people. Some people just don't like reading. Some people would prefer audible. Some people are introverts, some people are extroverts. I understand the difference and the challenges that we all face. It is a good thing to talk about our challenges in growing spiritually. What is, what is making it difficult for me to get up in the morning and have a quiet time? Why is it that I wake up so exhausted or but we'll get to some of those things. Point number two, the disciplines place us before God. They do not give us brownie points with God. And the challenge with teaching this series and why many people are cautious to teach this series is that we can come across legalistic and we can come across with a whole bunch of religious activities. And Jesus, most of his time with the... With the Leaders of the day, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, were because of their so-called spiritual disciplines that they did. And most of his time he's saying, you're just studying the letter of the law, you've got no real relationships, you're just going through religious routines. And actually there's so much more. So I don't want to come across saying, you have to read your Bible. And if you read your Bible, you're going to earn brownie points with God, and he's going to love you just so much more. No, no. Salvation is by grace. It is through faith. None of these religious activities are going to make God love you more or make God love you less. But what they will do is they will put you in a place where it will allow God to transform you and change you from the inside out. There's this farming analogy that we can all use. We know the farmer doesn't 
really make that seed grow. God's the one that makes it grow. But the farmer can make sure that the environment of that seed is correct, that the seed is getting enough light and enough water and the uh, weeds are not choking it. We can put ourselves in a place where we place ourselves in the soil where God um, is able to work with us, do a deep work within us and change us. The disciplines are God's way of getting us into the ground. They put us where he can work within us and transform us. Point number three, the spirit, uh, spiritual growth is the purpose of the disciplines. As I keep saying, until Christ is fully developed in our lives. And, and when I say growth, I'm, I'm really saying authentic and genuine growth. So for example, a little kid went to Sunday school where he kind of knows what sort of answers he needs to share. And the teacher asked, what is brown furry, has a long tail, and stores up nuts for winter? Well, the boy muttered, I guess the answer is Jesus, but it sure sounds like a squirrel to me. And when we talk about growing spiritually, I'm not just talking about learning some Christian lingo. I'm not just talking about getting accustomed with the culture of the church today. I'm talking about real growth. And the way you see real growth is it comes out without you trying, without you pretending, without you putting on the mask and the facade. It just, you know what, your love for Jesus will come out in your communication and your conversation with other people. Your conversation will be sprinkled with your love for the Lord. It's, you just can't help talk about it because you're passionate and it's just something that you're passionate about. See, I've been in a life group and leading a life group for a long time. And one of the challenges is, is the dependency on the life group leader to give you the food on the Wednesday night, to feed you. Everyone comes, okay, what, what are, oh, I'm ready to now be fed. And some weeks I'll ask the question, let's just go around the circle and let's just share what you have read this week and what, how God has spoken to you and some personal revelation that you have. How do you think those meetings normally go? And what did we talk about at church Sunday two weeks ago? What did that preacher, what verse did they use? And there is no, I'm not trying to judge or condemn you. It's just the reality of our busy lives, the busyness of the world that we live in, that we are dependent on a preacher feeding us when we can get to church. And to be honest with you, my sermons are not that great. I know you forget them by Tuesday. If someone were to say, what did, what did you hear in church? What verse did he, what was his main verse on Sunday morning? For most people, you sit there and it comes in and it comes out and you're just waiting for that next meal. Now, meals are good. And we're going to talk about corporate meetings and fellowship and getting close to others. That's all good. But imagine a church that knew how to self-feed that knew how to feed on God's word, to study and meditate on his word. Imagine a church that knew the voice of God and, and in prayer and in fellowship with the Holy Spirit had that spiritual journey in life. As I said, this is going to be practical and I'm going to ask you to get practical. The point of this is that we would grow this year. I... 
exercise with some guys. I think I've got one of my CrossFit friends today. And I am diligent at training five days a week. Come holidays, rain, snow, I have a discipline of training. I am trusting for a greater discipline in the spiritual disciplines. Where sleeping a bit longer and not getting up and going and spending time in prayer should be difficult for me. I should want it. I should need it. I should see the value of it. I want to grow this year, not just physically, but in my relationship with the Lord and my relationship with others. Spiritual disciplines, there is this immense difference between training to do something and trying to do something. John Ortberg said, and this is the whole point of it, is is, um, maybe as a church we should do the Valentine's 10K run happening 14th of Feb. Anyone doing that? Yes, I know a whole bunch of you do it. You can walk it, you can run it, it happens here in the area. But if I said, as a church, we're all going to do it, who knows that some of us need to get out and walk a block tomorrow? And then in two days, we need to walk three blocks. And we need to actually do some training, not just trying, but training. And this is where the, dis- the spiritual disciplines come in. If you are going to trust for that growth, that long-term real growth, that there has to be some sort of habit-making and training in your life, not just saying, well, I will try and read the Bible more this year. Who knows? That can be difficult. I will try if I have time. Who knows we never have enough time. So training versus trying. Spiritual formation is not a matter of trying harder, but training wisely. This analogy comes through in 1 Timothy 4 verse 7. He says, train yourself to be godly. Discipline yourself. Another translation says it this way. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. That there has to be some sort of effort on your side to grow in becoming God-like. Not becoming a God, but becoming Christ-like, being conformed to His image. Paul again says in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 24, Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. Train to win. Train. Don't just try. And there is going to be a fine line. You have to trust that you hear grace, the word grace mentioned many times in this series. That if you miss a couple of days or you have a sick child or you can't get to it or you've got a deadline, that you're not feeling condemned. That you're not under judgment. But that some of these things become a habit, a practice, a change in our lives as we continue to grow more. I've got some bad habits I don't know if you have these bad habits, but this phone is in my hand far too often. So when I go and make a cup of tea, the phone is in my hand while I'm waiting for the kettle to boil. I find myself even walking down my passage, flicking through some social media. I'm like, when, when did I lose the ability just to walk down the passage without the need of scrolling? My concentration is not what it used to be. So when I sit down and I read the Word, and, and, and now I have to use a real Bible. I'll show you, I even have one. One of these, instead of maybe one of these, or one of these, because who knows, notifications pop up on these. And over here, there are no notifications popping up all the time. Oh, someone liked my Instagram feed when I'm spending too much time there. But my concentration isn't what it was. 
I start reading and I feel like I need to take a break and just scroll through something. Something has changed. This digital world that we live in has affected the way we do things, our habits, our habits of thought. My prayer life, getting just lost in all the worries and my mind is just like a wave being tossed everywhere. So I want us to work and believe for some spiritual discipline, some habits in our lives. Craig Rochelle said, the successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. And you can take a successful business person or an athlete or a marriage. What does a successful marriage look like? They do some things consistently for it to be successful, not just, well, we'll date when we have time, because we never have time. So if you're serious about growing in your relationship with God this year, it is going to take some consistency in habits and disciplines. And as I'm point number five, as I've already said, we are going to look at some practical things, not just theory. You will, in the next few weeks, walk away from church, not going, Paul, that was such a great word, and yeah, I just was moved with emotions, and you're going to walk away going, I've got homework to do, and this week... It's got to be tough fasting from social media or trying to find time to find a devotional that I can actually get through to. But spiritual disciplines are activities. They're not just attitude. Disciplines are practices. Spiritual disciplines are things we do. They're not just character qualities. I do want to look at some character qualities and things in the next sermon series, but this one is going to be about some practical aspects. So if I were to ask you this question again, how are you doing spiritually? If I had to ask the Apostle Paul or John in Scripture, I reckon they would answer it by saying this, I'm growing in my love for God and people. That is how I measure how I'm doing spiritually. If your love for God and your love for people is not growing, then I want to encourage you to pray or pray with me today and say, God, won't you grow me and mature me and change me and let this be a year of growth in my relationship with you. Let me enjoy you, Jesus. Let me see this as a way of enjoying Jesus through the spiritual disciplines, not just a duty that I have to tick off every single day. Um, God has given us spiritual disciplines as a means of receiving His grace and growing in godliness. By them, we place ourselves before God for Him to work in us. I want us to make a decision today to say, God, I want to put myself in a place before you where you have room to move and work in me and speak to me. As Malayan stood up and said, God isn't, oh, Lauren, someone said, God's not far from speaking to us. He speaks to us all the time. The question is, do you listen? God, you have God's ear. He wants you to speak to him. But do we do we spend time communicating with him? He's given us his word. I watched a video clip of people receiving Bibles in some eastern country crying because they were so happy that they got a Bible. Our society and our culture and our state and our frame of mind and where we're at, I think we've got a long way to go. Some of us are going to move from milk into some solid food. Some of us are going to be less dependent on a sermon by me 
and coming to a Sunday celebration with a word on your heart that you're ready to share with someone else. And if I had to say, does anyone have a word this morning? Because I'm just short of a word this morning, that there would be people queuing to say, I've got a revelation of God's word that I can share with his body. Life groups are not short of content this year because there is a word on our hearts. We're meditating, we're in scripture. So one of our congregants received this word during worship and she felt the Lord saying, we often repent enough to be forgiven, but we need to uh, surrender to be transformed. And this is what I want us to just take a moment where there is a surrendering to God for the work that he wants to do in your life. There's a surrendering of your agendas and saying, God, I know that you want to work and transform me. I know you want to morph, do a work inside of me. I know it. So let me surrender to that work. Speak to me this year. Change me. Mold me. Heal me. <laughs> you know that brokenness, that I can just picture that sculpture in its broken form. There are people here today that because of life and sin and the brokenness of this world are broken. And God wants to restore you to the image of His Son and bring a deep healing and a deep work in your life. Will you surrender to that work today? Will you just, where you're sitting, close your eyes, just, and, and I, I can't pray this prayer for you, so I'm going to ask you to pray it. But it's something along these lines. God, I want you to grow me, mature me, and work in me. You finish the, the sentence. I hope you have enjoyed this recording. For more information about New Creation Family Church, please visit our website at www.newcreation.co.za.